discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Xin Yu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up in a spectacular kickoff to 2024 at the movies, China's New Year's Day holiday season has made box office history. Let's delve into the cinematic realm and explore the behind-the-scenes magic that contributes to a blockbuster's triumph. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the podcast platform of your choice. Now on Roundtable, as we continue today's discussion, the cinematic start of 2024 has been nothing short of remarkable during China's New Year's Day holiday movie season, spanning from December the 30th last year to January the 1st, 2024. It shattered the box office record by pulling in over 1.5 billion yuan, or 210 million U.S. dollars, in revenue. Beyond the riveting narratives on the silver screen, what role does Marketing play in determining a film's success. So, Xinyu, let's go to you first.、Mm-hmm. A box office review of the New Year's Day holiday movie season coming in hot. Okay, so the past New Year's Day holiday saw a record-breaking box office in China, according to the Chinese movie ticketing platform Maoyan. Some 36 million tickets were sold, and the number of screenings surpassed 1.4 billion, also a record high. And the top three highest-grossing movies of the season are domestic romance movie *Shining for One Thing*, or in Chinese *Yishan Yishan Liang Xing Xing*, which garnered over 600 million yuan, so that's around 85 million dollars, and it accounted for 40 percent of the total revenue.、Mm. And it was followed by comedy. Johnny Keep Walking, or in Chinese Nian Hui Bu Neng Ting, and also action crime The Gold Finger in Chinese Jin Shou Zhi. I'll just offer、um, the movies that came in the places of number four and five. Okay,、uh, I did it my way, or Qian Xing, and number five would be If You Are the One. And that's the third、uh, installment.、Uh, yes, of this movie franchise,、mm. Fei Cheng Wu Zhao. Huh. This franchise has been around for quite some time, and、yeah. uh, Josh. So, admittedly, this is a very short holiday movie season of only three days.、Mm. Are we collecting the data from? And is it as big a deal the New Year's Day movie season from your country and、uh, cultures that you have observed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's usually a certain type of film, and there's there's pros and cons to releasing movies at different times of the year. Of course, the pros are, for example, it being a holiday season, a period around Christmas and New Year when people take vacations, when people are feeling a bit more relaxed, people have a lot more time off, they're more willing to spend some money on recreational activities like going to the cinema. They're spending time at home. Um, generally, the mood. Is lifted, so it's a very profitable time for movies. Also, I must say that、um, in the West, it's also a good time for awards considerations, especially the big ones. Actually, films released towards the end of the year、uh, are usually the contenders for major films like the Oscars.、Um, a lot of films released in late December, usually, and in January.、Um, but of course, there are 
cons to this, uh, which we can discuss as well. There's a lot of competition around this time. Although it's busy, the market's a bit oversaturated with holiday films. So like Christmas films, especially in the West, there's so many Christmas films get released. So it is a big time for film, but as a film lover myself, Mm -hmm. I see it as quite a messy time for film as well, because there's so much investment in Christmas related movies um, at this time. Yes, what you just described could be analogous in China, which is the Chinese Lunar New Year movie season. And that's coming up in in February. And that was initially established pretty much 20 years ago. Um, I think what's common here is when it's the biggest holiday that people enjoy in one country, and why not go to the movies at least once? And that makes a lot of business sense for the movies to sort of gear up towards that holiday season. And when we're talking about New Year's Day, then maybe this is a smaller one Mm -hmm. because it's just shorter. But definitely these days for movie makers as well as production and distribution companies, they are trying their best to get those butts back into the cinema after COVID. So... I guess this is really promising news that um, they're seeing at the beginning of 2024. And we know that movies want to generate significant pre-release buzz Mm. because why? (laughs) (laughs) And what strategies have been employed to captivate potential audiences before the theatrical releases. Mm. I think during the past holiday movie season, we have seen serious competition among these newly released movies in terms of promotion and marketing largely focused on a sense of ritual. The most typical example of the season is the movie Shining for One Thing, uh, which launched a snowfall event in cinemas across the nation. And initially, the the event was announced to be held in 1,314 cinemas, with the movie being shown at 1,314, which 1,314 in Chinese means forever. That allows the audiences to experience romantic snowfall in the theaters through artificial snow. If I offer a little bit of background here, the movie is an adaptation of the namesake TV series in 2022, which revolves around the love story of a young man and a woman who relieve their high school years. And along with the announcement of the snowfall event, the line from the TV series, Zhang Wansen Xia Xue Le, or in English, uh, Zhang Wansen, it's snowing, quickly went viral on Chinese social media that received over a hundred million views on Weibo platform. So it's hugely successful and the movie broke the record of the first day pre-sale box office in the history of domestic films. As of December 27th uh, last year, the pre-sales of the box office during the New Year's Day holiday reached 4 billion yuan and Shining for One Thing exceeded 3 billion yuan. So that accounted for almost 75% of the total. So in that sense, we can see that this snowfall event really triggered many moviegoers' interest in actually being in the cinema and watch the movie and then experience this romantic snowfall. (laughs) Yeah, so through this strategy or this marketing ploy, they managed to single out and attract the 
people who are into this stuff. And for <laughs> some reason, I've not checked with Josh before this recording, but uh, maybe we're similar on this. I would be so agitated if <laughs> snow suddenly started falling from the ceiling <laughs> in the cinema. If I'm with Mr. Wright, then... Okay, maybe I'll put up with it. Um, <laughs> but maybe I'm just not the target audience. Josh, what do you think of these, um, should I say, smart or creative marketing ploys to, to get people into buying the ticket and get there? I think it's great, to be honest. Okay, I mean, so it's we're not, not necessarily the my thing, but... <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know that these days if you go to see that film, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're aware that they're targeting their audience. So they know that the people watching this movie are probably the majority of them are going to enjoy this, right? And there's always going to be a small minority that might be slightly annoyed by it, but it's probably worth the risk because we're talking about it right now, right? I, I think that it makes a lot of sense and it's, it's fantastic from a marketing perspective. I wouldn't particularly enjoy that one, but I'm talking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also, okay, it all sounds fabulous what they've tried to promote and market towards people into seeing this movie. But how did folks find the movie? Mm, I think that's the interesting part. Um, for this movie in particular, um, the snowfall events uh, really made headlines on social media. But these moviegoers who have actually seen that movie, they were not talking about this content of this movie or the quality of the movie. Um, I think much of the emphasis was put on the marketing part. Interesting. And the thing about going to the movies is once they trick you into buying the ticket and going there, done. Business is done. And that's why sometimes I feel I need to rely on what other folks who've already been the guinea pig and watched the movie, what they say. The mm. word of mouth effect yeah. really matters to me because... Yes. Because I don't want to be the guinea pig. And once you're in there, trapped there for, what, two hours? You're never going to get those two hours back. So it's better to rely on other people, what they say. And then, you know, see if you want to get the movie ticket. Maybe that's just me being very shrewd or maybe a little bit of a cheapskate. Anyhow, so there are more examples we can offer you since this season seems to be big on movie Yeah marketing um there's the other movie which came in uh second in the chart of box office performance that is or johnny keep walking they must be offering something alcoholic related <laughs> so um this movie uh it introduced discounted tickets and also each viewer uh, received a beer as a gift uh, before entering. <laughs> and also we have seen movies like If You Are The One, the third installment. It introduced uh, a special viewing event in cities uh, across China where you can buy one ticket and get one more for free. And also uh, oranges with the film's logo on it were handed out before the screening. And we have also seen movies like I Did It My Way, Qianxin Giveaway, uh, customized Chinese fortune sticks and also lottery tickets during the New Year screenings. So these strategies, I think they are quite creative in a way mm -hmm. uh, because in the past we haven't seen that much of uh, like movie giveaways in the cinema. Mm. But 
this year, it's uh, quite something uh, special going on. Right. More investment into this movie even before getting the <laughs> tickets sold, maybe. Um, Josh, do you see that these strategies are effective? If the movie itself doesn't deliver the goods, your marketing strategies could backfire badly with the audience who paid to be there, I would think. So um, what is mm. your review on the outcome of these strategies? Well, I think that it's sort of a safety net because I think that these days the cinema isn't as exciting as it was. It, it just can't be, right? Because we have so much access to film and we have instant access to an almost infinite amount of movies and choice from our home. And these days you can set up a really great home cinema system, which can basically rival the theater, right? It can be more comfortable. You can have access to whatever movie you want. You can even have access to those new movies. A lot of streaming services like Netflix, who are a massive producer of films themselves, they just release them instantly on their streaming platform, which means you can watch it from home. So, you know, going to the cinema, making that effort, taking that pretty big chunk of time out of your day because it's not just the time of the length of the movie, right? You need to get there. Mm. Um, you need to go th get back home. You know, it's a four or five hours out of your day. <sighs> they need to make sure that you have a good time. Um, they need to ensure this even more so. So I think some of these things, they might seem a bit gimmicky, but I think actually it's pretty smart because, you know, you might go to this movie and not enjoy it that much, but at least you got the, I don't know, the free... Uh, Johnny gift, Walker, or you have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or you have this memory of the snow falling and you laugh about it, right? So I think that it shows that the market is becoming more difficult, especially for cinemas, and we know that cinemas have struggled to stay open, um, not just because of COVID, but because of how successful streaming services have been too. Mm -hmm. And also, I think uh, what makes the marketing strategy worked for Shining for one thing is that the Snowfall event really had some connection with the content of the mm -hmm. film. So this, uh, we are seeing this sense of ritual is connected to the film itself. But for uh, other promotional strategies like giving away beer, orange or fortune sticks, they don't necessarily have some any connection with the films itself. So I think that's one key aspect of why Shining for One Thing is uh, gaining popularity. And also this strategy focuses on creating a sense of atmosphere and experience, not just the things you can get from watching this movie. I think especially for events like the New Year, it really marks something special in many moviegoers' hearts. So in that sense, this strategy worked because they targeted uh, to enhance the experience of these moviegoers, not, not just uh, targeting the practicality. And also, what are some of the other marketing strategies that have proven to be effective in basically selling movies um, as every year, you know, these um, companies are trying desperately to get people into the cinema. I think that these days, especially with big blockbuster films, I mean, I, I think that film festivals are really important for uh, more independent movies and uh, they always will play a big role. And I think that's slightly different. But if we're talking about some of these bigger cinematic pieces, um, that you would go and see in a normal cinema, then I think that these days the celebrity, the main actor, plays a greater role than they ever have. 
Um, and you can see this in their social media and things like this. I think a lot of them are contracted to, for example, put out a certain amount of content mm. to go on tours, promotional tours, do interviews all over the world in a variety of languages. You see more and more actors and actresses learning to speak other languages, uh, mm -hmm. some of them even in quite a hilarious way, which I won't uh, state on this program, but many of you probably know who I'm talking about. But these kind of things are really effective, actually, right? When you um, have these celebrities doing this and also on their own social media platforms, if you go on most of them, they will have advertisements for their movie. And they'll even use this term, my new movie sometimes, even though they might just be the lead actor in the performance. So I think that that plays a huge role these days. That's mm -hmm. one thing. Yeah. And also apart from road shows, uh, in China, movie marketing heavily relies on short videos, especially for those movie studios. They uh, leverage the fame and fan following of certain celebrities to generate interest and hype for their films. Uh, for instance, the golden finger of this during this season relies on the star power of Andy Lau and Tony Liang. Uh, Hold on, let's give them a minute. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, there must be tons of people out there who love Wu Jiandao or yes. Infernal Affairs. And it's even enjoyed a Hollywood remake, which I think is <laughs> not as good as the original Hong Kong production. And yeah, and this is more than 20 years later and these two are back together. together yeah. Whoa, yeah, okay, count me in. Uh, <laughs> I wanna go see them. Yeah, so I think that's also why um, the promotion team, they are capitalizing on these two uh, mega stars, yeah, mega stars, uh, to showcase their collaboration uh, in this film through these short videos to promote their film. But um, the outcome wasn't quite that satisfactory, Aww. I guess. Um, based on the box office, we're not seeing a, a huge splash made by this film. Um, so I think one of the reasons can be that because the development of short videos in the country, it is getting easier to just watch these uh, actors or actresses, they uh, perform or they entertain on these short videos. So we don't, I guess some of them, they don't feel a necessity to go to buy a ticket and go to the cinema to watch a film, especially when you can just easily watch their short videos on these platforms. Yeah, but Tony Leung isn't really <laughs> <laughs> on social media. And kudos to him. I think um, that's the last thing they can do to maintain the last piece of mystique of the movie star. Because I don't want to see him selling, what, deodorant or dishwashing powder or whatever it is on social media. I don't want to see him talking about any of the everyday stuff because it's Tony Leung, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's the best actor, possibly the best of his generation. And I think it's, it's also important to sort of maintain a little bit of the movie star status because it's pretty much gone now. Mm. And you make such a wonderful point, Xingyu, now movies don't necessarily offer that special cachet or reason to draw people to a specific physical venue mm. to spend those hours watching a screen, you know? Like, yeah. and, and maybe that's just part of the evolution of the movie industry now. How relevant is it anymore? 
Okay, the last question I want to ask you guys before we move on is which carries more weight in a movie's success at the box office? The prowess of the marketing or the sheer brilliance of the film itself? And I think the answer is kind of obvious. (laughs) <laughs> really yeah i okay. thought i thought they are both equally important <laughs> mm. no 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 um because according to my research i have seen that these top grossing movie production companies like warner brothers and marvel studios they would spend lots of cash on assembling a creative marketing team who will take full advantage of the current trends in the market so i think for production companies definitely they want profits they want to make money they want success which equals high box office but from a viewer's point of view i would definitely value quality more we want good movies and we don't want to be deceived in the cinema we don't want it to be a waste of time and money so definitely movie quality for me Mm. what about you josh well i think that it isn't a simple answer because of course movie quality is important but you need to know about the film. And I think you also need to build up a degree of excitement before you go and see the event. I think that the anticipation before a film is really important or the anticipation before anything makes it exciting, right? It's part of it. So it really depends on the movie. I mean, there are some movies coming out this year. For example, Gladiator 2 is coming out this year, directed by Ridley Scott. Um, And so... You know, if you've seen the original Gladiator and you like it, which I have, which is quite, an, um, you know, it's been it's over 20 years old, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. Incredible movie. And the anticipation I have for this film now, the marketing behind it, the build up to it is just making me so excited for it. Mm. So I think that marketing does play a massive role in the film. Mm. And um, yeah, I think also a lot of the time we don't even managed to find out about the movie without the marketing so i think it's quite a complex answer to be honest i i I can't really say if it is one or the other but of course ultimately eventually in hindsight the quality of the film is what is most important Hmm. what's interesting about the movie entertainment medium is is that you can only find out about the quality after you've watched it. But they need to get you to buy the ticket Mm. to go first. And that's what the business is about. Mm. So I I use the word tricking people into the cinema. (laughs) And (laughs) but that's essentially what marketing is about, I guess. Yes. And also there's the second round of effect. That is the word of mouth. And and, you know, there are lots of folks I would think lots of folks like me, we're waiting for the first wave (laughs) of people who've gone in. (laughs) And then, oh, unless it's something that I absolutely want to see, then, you know, I'll I'll go whatever, Mm. such as last year's uh, slam dunk animation (laughs) motion picture that I've waited more than 20 years to see, Um, you know, and, 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 and it was it was a blast. I went for a second round as well. So, yeah, it's interesting. Maybe, maybe yes, Josh, I see what you mean now. Because there are various reasons why we go into the cinema. And mm-hmm. and the marketing does matter to some extent. Uh, but also, at the end of the day, I still think that the quality of the movie really matters. And actually, this makes me think of... 
you know, now movies, TV shows, and all of these visual entertainment products, they have a second life on the internet. Mm, And a lot of the um, movie industry workers, as well as uh, writers, you know, all those folks who went on strike in Hollywood last year was about protecting their rights uh, in the age of AI, in the Mm. age of streaming. And if your movie has great quality and has lasting power over your audience, then it'll live on, on the internet. But also how do the people who put in the creative effort as well as the companies who put in the investment profit from the second life, I think is still something that is um, being debated despite the fact that it's already happening. Mm. So if you're a really good movie and you're online, would you pay to, to watch it though? Or maybe it's just a paid subscription of a particular uh, streaming platform and then we don't mind. Just, you know, that's just another movie that you can watch from the vault of so many movie, TV series, TV shows of choices that we can enjoy on the internet. Well, I think just as it's easy for a poor man to suddenly live as a rich man um, and for us to suddenly have all of these movies on streaming services for a fraction of the price it's difficult to change the to change it back to how it is now Mm -hmm. so as much as i think many people would be willing to and have proven that they were willing to spend a lot of money on a movie i mean before streaming services what did we have we had dvds right we had dvd rental services and people would i mean i wouldn't say happily but i know that movie enthusiasts would not blink an eyelid at spending 200, 100, 200 yuan on one single DVD, right? Or something like this. Um, At least that's how much it was in the UK. And now we we will never be able to go back to that, I don't think. There will be a few enthusiasts that will do it, but we just cannot return anymore. It's the same with the music industry and streaming services. Um, And that's a massive conversation topic and quite controversial, I think, for the artist from the artist perspective when it comes to earning royalties and such. But I think that we're too far down the rabbit hole now. Yes, and we'll just keep on going further and through the looking glass, we'll see what's next in this forever evolving movie landscape. Thank you so much, Josh Cotterell and Xingyu for joining the discussion. And thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcast at Roundtable China. I'm He Young. We'll see you next time.